The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The Tigers take two of three from opening week against the Tribe. Fantastic way to start the season. And then today, they absolutely get blown out by the Minnesota Twins. While Cleveland falls on opening day against Kansas City, getting shut out at Progressive Field. While Cincinnati gets the fire going against St. Louis and opens up a series against the Pittsburgh Pirates this week. The Jackets are falling apart faster than a Walmart sweater in the dryer. I saw a post today that there's a huge sign outside Nationwide Arena. It says, large sale starting starting this week. We'll talk about it tonight. The National Championship for the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament ends tonight. And Gonzaga and Baylor, this matchup is one that we have been waiting for for since December. And I'm excited for this game. Congratulations to the, to the Stanford women getting the job done. We'll talk about them tonight. Baseball is back in Toledo. We'll dive into that as well. But of course, after the NCAA March Madness, it is the Masters Week, folks. Hello, friends. And it is a sign that golf is back as well as we are back right here on All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span of the Shut out. Dumbino. Hip to a home run. Go home, Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. It's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, ah, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred tonight right here on this, the beautiful day that is the 5th of April, 2021. Happy Dingus Day, by the way, to all my Polish friends out there. And happy belated Easter. I hope your Easter celebration was fantastic. Got a chance to enjoy the holiday with my family, of course. Ate too much. Got a chance to watch a lot of baseball. And we're going to talk heavy on baseball right here on All NBL for tonight on the Anchor Network. And that is with the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen, thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. Have you... Have you hit the subscribe button yet? Please hit the subscribe button. We do shows every every week, every Monday, and now on Thursday. Yes, Monday and Thursday we'll be doing podcasts. We finally got the date situation, so 
I'm looking forward to doing shows with you guys tonight. A lot to get into. Of course, we're going to talk about the jacket woes that are happening as they went on this big road trip down to Florida as they're now coming back. And it's going to be a weirdly shaping team and a weird shape week for the Jackets going forward. Also tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the Masters. The Masters returning as, as the golfers return to Augusta National after they just played it back in October and November. We're back to... Uh, we're back to Augusta again to make up for the 2021 tournament. Also, we're going to dive into a little bit of wrestling as well. Uh, WWE's WrestleMania is happening this upcoming weekend. You'll hear some of my take on some of the big matches as well. And uh, so much more. So I hope you got your popcorn ready. I hope you're set because this show is going to be a dandy of one right here on the Anchor Network. And you can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And speaking of our show, I want to thank you to the fans for a tremendous response to last week's episode, a huge response to the the, the, the jacket rant that I went on. Um was picked up a little bit by the Artillery Podcast. Um, you know, those guys are cool, and, and I love listening to them. They do their shows every Monday night, too, and, you know, they picked up my feed, and they replayed it, and I just absolutely loved it. And um, I'm truly blessed to have great fans and great support with this podcast. So uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Let's keep this show rolling and keep keep the listenership going for this show and by the way with it being master's week i want to get a little promo for you guys uh, of course all andy Alfred is your home when when it happens july in july for the marathon classic a tradition in northwest ohio sports unlike any other which is the which is the marathon classic the lpga golfers coming into town and we have two LPGA events happening, of course. We have the Marathon Classic in July and then Labor Day weekend, the big event over at Inverness Club. Yes, the Solheim Cup. Your home for coverage of that is the All Andy Elford Network as well. We will have full in-depth analysis of all the golfers. We also have a preview of the teams going forward. We'll have the teams basically known by about July, right before the Marathon Classic, and they'll probably be introducing them at the Marathon Classic because they're going to be right down the... They'll be right over yonder over at Inverness Club to do that tournament. So, uh, looking forward to that. You know, and the big thing is we're going to be covering a lot of things right here on All Andy Alford. They have those two golf tournaments. We will have the Playoffs in the NHL if the Jackets make it, which I doubt. Uh, we have baseball. The Mudhens are coming back. Uh, we will also have the full coverage. Also, the NFL draft that is taking place in Cleveland. Bought the tickets today for the NFL fan experience. We'll talk a little bit about that on tonight's show as well. And so much more. But, of course, first and foremost, it is the return of baseball to to America, America's pastime comes back on the diamond, and let's talk about it. It was a big week for the Tigers, not so great week for the Tribe. So let's hit the diamond and let's talk a little baseball as the uh, 
Opening week has concluded. We're now into the full week of the schedule. Season starting off. And it was a big week up in Motown as opening day on Thursday was a cold, snowy opening day at Comerica Park. A good 8,000, which is the capacity right now due to COVID restrictions at Comerica Park. Saw a gem of a ball game, in my opinion. A very good pitching matchup between Josh Boyd and Shane Bieber, the reigning Cy Young winner. And it was a dandy of a ball game. Boyd pitching very good. Going five and two-thirds innings, giving up only three hits, no runs, none earned, four walks, a total of of two strikeouts, no home runs given up, as it was Miguel Cabrera hitting his 350th home RBI home run for the for the uh, for the uh, for the Tigers, as Cavi propels the Tigers in the snow. On opening day, by a score of 3-2. Shane Bieber gets the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 4.50 ERA. Roberto Perez homering for the for the Tribe. He per, uh, Bieber went six innings pitch. He gave up five hits, three runs. All three were earned. Three walks, 12 strikeouts, and the one home run he gave up to Cabrera. And the Tigers getting a big 3-2 win on opening day. Then there was a day off on Friday, and then on Saturday, the Tribe fall again to the Tigers by a score of 5-2. to two. No home runs hit for the Tigers in the game, but it was uh, Rosario for the Tribe, his first of the season, as the Tigers getting a big 5-2 win over the Tribe. Uh, Tehran, the winner, he goes to 1-0 with a 1.80 ERA. Plesak, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 3.00 ERA. That's earned run average. It was Garcia with the save, his first of the season in front of 8,000 at Comerica Park. And then Sunday, the the Indians get the better of the Tigers as the as the Tribe beats the Tigers by a score of 9-3. to Norris, a terrible game in that one as it was Norris getting the loss. He now goes to 0-1 with a 12 ERA in the game. For Norris in the game, overall, Norris pitched a, a Scoville that started the game. He went five in the third, giving up four runs, four hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, two walks, and four strikeouts. Norris, the blown save, he went an inning and two-thirds, four hits, four runs. All four were earned, no walks, one strikeout, and one home run he gave up in the game. So Scoville getting the start, he goes... He does not get a decision in the game. Home runs in the game for the Tribe were Lupo, Reyes, and Hedges. For the Tigers, it was Mendoza, his first, and Badu getting his first home run, his first hit in the in Major League history for him. Goes down as a home run. He went deep in the game, but it was in a failed attempt. Failed movement as the Tigers fall to the Tribe 9-3 on Sunday. And the Tigers are 2-1 to start the first week of the season. Then we get to today. If it doesn't show you anything that the Tigers are the Tigers that bad, that they could be, uh, is the Indians that bad, 
that the Tigers can beat them 2-3, or three, or does it show you that the Twins are this really that good this season? Because the Twins put a pounding on the Tigers today by a score of 15-6. to six. Shoemaker gets the win. He goes to 1-0 with a 1.50 ERA uh, for Shoemaker in the game. He went a total of six innings strong, three hits, one run. That one run was earned off of a home run with five strikeouts in the game. Uh, for the Tigers, it was Urrera the loss. He went three innings pitch, getting up four hits, six runs. Those six, five, six of those, five of those six runs were earned. Four walks, five strikeouts, and one home run in the game, and that was given up from Nelson Cruz. And Cruz had a huge game. He had a grand slam and a regular home run, his first and second of the season. For the Tigers, it was Ramos, his first, and Badu getting his second home run of the season. The save goes to Dubnak, his first for the Twins, in front of 6,400 at Comerica Park on this day on Monday, the 5th of April. So the Tigers fall to the Twins today. They will get back at it tomorrow as it will be J.A. Happ, on the hill for the Minnesota Twins. He has no, no record. This will be his first start of the season. And he will face Casey Mize, the phenom for the for the Tigers. He will get his start this season, his first start of the season, at 110. A game on Bally Sports Network, uh, Bally Sports Network North in Minnesota, and Bally Sports Detroit in Detroit. A 110 start time for the game on Wednesday sees two starters that started on opening day. Uh, Medea for the Twins, he's has no record with an ERA of a .208. He'll take on Josh Boyd, who's 1-0 with a 0 ERA, 110 start time on those networks. So like I mentioned before as well, the Indians had their opening day today at Progressive Field at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario, and they fall to the Kansas City Royals today by a score of three to nothing, and Danny Duffy pitched a gem of a ball game today against the Tribe. Duffy gets the win; he goes to one and zero with a zero ERA. Duffy a strong outing, six innings pitched, two hits, no runs, none earned, three walks, five strikeouts in the game. Allen gets the loss today for the Tribe. He went. A pretty good out, outing. Five innings pitched, five hits, two runs. Those runs were earned. Two walks, three strikeouts, one home run. The home run from Jason Merrifield, his third of the season. Uh, hand the save for the Royals, his first of the season. And a good standing ovation for Carlos Santana, the former former first baseman and catcher for the, for the Cleveland Indians, getting a standing ovation. And getting a fantastic response, and uh, Santana today getting a getting a check for you right here. Santana four at bats. He had uh, he was left on base three times. He's batting a two sixty seven, so he did not have that big of an impact today. So the tribe will have tomorrow off. They will play Wednesday. Kansas City has not yet named a starter. However, it will be Shane Bieber on the hill for Terry Francona and the Cleveland Indians. 110 start time on Fox. Uh, it's not Fox, but Bally Sports Great Lakes. 
which is the uh, formerly Sports Time Ohio. Now it's Bally Sports Great Lakes. 110 start time for that one. Shane Bieber on the hill, 0-1 with a 4.50 ERA. And Kansas City has not yet named a starter for their game on Wednesday. Then they will have a day off on Thursday. So will the Tigers. They will then play each other starting on Friday. They'll start a three-game series before before either teams will go on their separate ways. So looking forward to seeing how that's all going to shave up. So this starts... The season starts with the Tigers hosting Cleveland. We now end the week this week with the Indians hosting the Tigers. Looking forward to seeing how that happens. But there has been some heated, warm stove, boiling over tensions happening in the Queen City of Cincinnati. And this past weekend, it was a fantastic weekend if you're a Red Lakes fan to see the Reds playing at home. They've always played at home to start the regular season. And the Reds getting a big big start on Saturday with the benches clearing. But before we get into that, let's talk about their opening day. It was the cold record coldest opening day at Great American Ballpark for the home opener on Thursday as they took on the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Cardinals getting the better of the Reds on opening day by a score of 11-6, to and it was just nasty, folks. It got it was bad, and it was bad early in the game. First inning alone, St. Louis puts up six on the Red Legs, and it went downhill after that. Six in the first, one in the second, four in the fourth, for 11 runs on 10 hits, no errors. For the Reds in the game, they had one in the first, two in the third, one in the fourth, two in the fifth, and that's all that she wrote, folks, as the Cardinals beating up on the Reds by a score of 11-6. to uh, Gallows, the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 0 ERA. Uh, Luis Castillo gets the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 21.60 ERA. Not a great way to start. 2021 Castillo in the game three and a third inning pitch eight hits ten runs eight of those runs were earned two walks no strikeouts one home run in the game they went to the bullpen really really quickly in this game for Gallows for for St. Louis in the game he was he was the winning pitcher but it was Flaherty the starter he went four and a third six hits six runs those six runs were earned, two walks, four strikeouts for an ERA of a 1246. Home runs hit in the game. It was Nick Castellanos getting the Mr. Candyman started off, and we'll get to why I say that here in just a second. His first of the season, and it was Eugenio Suarez, his first of the year. And for St. Louis in the game, it was Carlson, his first, and O'Neill, his first of the season, as the Redbirds beat the Redlegs 11-6. Then we get to Saturday. Now, Saturday's game was one where I was looking at, you know, it could be it could be a shape-up. It really could be. And I will say this. Aquino just hit the cover off the ball in the game, going off on Rainwright, just not just killing the cover off the ball. Just killing him. And because of what Nick Castellanos did 
in on opening day, the Cardinals took exception to his trot at home for his home run, and plunked him in the rib cage and in the in the upper arm area. So he takes the first base. So the bases get clear around. He goes up to third. The ball gets past the catcher Yadier Molina. Castellanos goes in for the slide, and you know he beats the tag, and he gets. They score the run, okay? This is when the uh, escalations began, shall we say. Castellanos gets up from his slide. He basically stands up and screams, let's go, as he goes over the pitcher. And by the way, the pitcher that he that he got plunked by is the same pitcher he gave, that gave up Nick Castellanos' home run to on opening day. So I say this, you know, hesitantly. They both were were pushing and shoving. There was no punches thrown, but the bench is cleared, the bullpen's cleared, and it got heated, folks. It really got heated in the game. And but Nick never threw a punch, never made any in contact with anybody after he got up. He basically stood to the side and put his arms behind his back and said, you know what? I'm not getting into this. I'm not going to fight anymore. I said what I wanted to say. That's it. And now this guy gets a two-game suspension because of his actions for the play. When was the last... That is such a soft two-game suspension. I hope, since he is appealing it, he is appealing it, he's going to be able to play. So he's got some time I think I think the league's gonna throw that away. I really do. I don't think if anything, it should be the pitcher that gets hit with the suspension, more or less. And that and the pitcher is is Perez, who gave up the home run to him on not Perez, excuse me. It was it was uh, Woodford that gave up the pit the home run to him. But it was just. The, the point of this being is that there's no way, there's absolutely no way that this guy should have a suspension because of, this, because of his actions. Absolutely not. But, you know, Tucker Barnhart home ring also on Saturday as the Reds getting a big 9-6 to victory over the Cardinals at Great America Park. It was Wainwright the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 20.25 ERA. He gave up seven hits, six runs. All six were earned. No one walk, one strikeout, and the one home run he gave up to Tucker Barnhart. For the Reds in the game, it was Mayo on the hill. He uh, gets five innings pitched, four hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned. Two walks, nine strikeouts. He gave up two home runs. The two home runs to DeJong and uh, Arenado. Both uh, DeJong, his second, Arenado, his first of the season. So the Reds getting a big win, and then we get to Sunday, and the Reds just blew off the cover, off the doors on Sunday afternoon, on Easter Sunday, as they beat up on the Reds, and it's a series win for the Cincinnati Reds as they win 12-1 to over the St. Louis Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. Hoffman, the win, he goes to 1-0. and with a 1.80 ERA. Uh, it's Martinez, the loss. He goes to 0-1 with a 7.20 ERA. Castellanos homering his second of the season. And Tyler Naquin homering his first of the season. No home runs hit 
for the Cardinals in the game. For the for the card for the Cardinals, Martinez in the game. Uh, it was Hoffman starting for the for the Reds. He went five innings, pitched three hits, one run. That run was earned. No walks, six strikeouts. His ERA a point one eight zero. Like I said, it was uh, for Hoffman. He was the winner. Uh, the loser was Martinez. He went five innings pitch, four hits, four runs. Those four runs were earned, two walks, four strikeouts, and one home run. That was given up by Nick Castellanos. And now tonight the Reds are in action. They are playing the Pittsburgh Pirates right now. And as we're doing this podcast right now, they are into the bottom of the eighth inning. And the Reds are up 3-2 to two on the Pirates as they are 2-1 in the division right now. The Pirates coming off a big series win over the Cubs on the north side of Chicago. Uh, for the Reds in the game right now, it was De, uh, De Leon. Five innings pitched, three hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, giving up on two home runs, two walks, nine strikeouts in the game. He also had his first career major league hit, as for, well as his first major league RBI in the game. For Pittsburgh in the game right now, Pitch the starting pitcher for Pittsburgh was uh, Brubaker, a kid from Ohio himself. Four innings pitch, he went three, giving up three hits, one run. That run was earned, four walks, six strikeouts, no home runs. His ERA is a 2.25 ERA. We'll keep tabs, tabs on that game for you guys as we get closer to the end of the podcast. We'll give you the updated scoreboard. It should be final by the time we do this podcast tonight. Uh, looking at the rest of the series for the Red Legs, be Canhill on the hill for Pittsburgh tomorrow night, 6.40 start time for that one. Both, and it will take on Wayne Miley, who has no record. Both guys have no record. They are starting their first of the season. 6.40 first pitch for that one Saturday, uh, not Saturday, but Wednesday, 12.35 first pitch. It will be Krong on the hill for Pittsburgh. He is no record, but a three ERA. He'll take on Castillo, who is 0-1 with a 21.60 ERA. He's looking to right the ship around 12.35 first pitch. You can watch those on uh, Bally Sports Pittsburgh as well as on Bally Sport, not Bally Sport, yeah, Bally Sports Ohio as well as on the Pittsburgh Network. So a lot, the red legs getting into the swing of things. Being the lead right now, three to two on the Pirates. The Tigers falling today, fifteen to six, to the to the Twins. Kansas City a big three nothing win over the Tribe. Looking at other scores that have happened today, as we are on the air, uh, the Yankees right up big up. Actually, probably going to be going final here in a second. Right now, they're up seven nothing on the Orioles. Bottom of the eighth inning, it is the Cardinals up four one on the Marlins. The Mets getting their first win games. Started off as they're up 2-0 on the Phillies. Boston up 7-0 on the Rays right now. Top of the 7th inning for that one. 4-0 Cubs, top of the 7th. Later on tonight, it will be the Astros in Anaheim to battle the Angels. The Dodgers are in Oakland to battle the Athletics. San Francisco is in San Diego to battle the Padres. And the White Sox are in Seattle to battle the Mariners. One final as of right now. The Blue Jays were a winner 6-2 today over the Texas Rangers. And the Texas Rangers today, I have to say, is the worst people in the world with what happened today. 
They the 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 uh, state of Texas has given them the clearance to have full capacity stadiums for opening day today, and forty thousand plus fans made their way into Globe Life Field at in Arlington to watch opening day, the first game for the Texas Rangers in their home ballpark with fans. They played last year in that stadium, and they used that stadium for the NLCS as well as the World Series as the bubble. But here's the thing, folks. This is going to be a super spreader event, I think, in my opinion, because 40,000 fans, masks were, were asked to wear masks, but, you know, a lot of them were eating, a lot of them were drinking, so a lot of them did not have their mask on the entire time. So look to see this be probably be a super spreader when it comes to when it comes to all this, I, and it's sad to say that. It's sad. It, it is very, very sad to say that. Uh, news and notes to pass along to you guys today. Uh, the Yankees have added left-handed pitcher Mike Montgomery to their rotation. Uh, very, very good pickup for well. And like I said, Nick Castellanos has been suspended for two games uh, with the with the Reds, but he will uh, he is appealing it, so he is still going to be in the lineup until the appeal is heard. I think they're going to throw that appeal away. Um, I really didn't think so, too. The Nationals are whole whole workouts ahead of their opener. They look at the Nationals were, have had tested positive with COVID cases as of late. They have not yet played their games to start the season yet. They've canceled their series against the Mets to start the season. Now they've canceled their series against the Braves. They're hoping to start their season this upcoming week. And just checking it now for the Nationals, Washington will then will now play after Atlanta. They will hit the road and they'll go play on the defending World Series champion, the Dodgers. And that is the home opener for the Dodgers the start of the season is against the Nationals, so I don't know if that's going to get in, folks. I really don't know if that's going to get in if they are still testing positive with COVID-19. So now looking at the standings going into today's play, in the Central Division in the American League, Kansas City leads the division at 3-1. and one. Minnesota right behind them at 3-1 and one as well. Detroit is at an even 500 at 2-2. Two and two. The White Sox are 1-3, and, and the Indians are 1-3. One and three as well. In the East, Baltimore is three and zero. Oh. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is two and one. Toronto is three and one. It is the Yankees at one and two, and Boston is zero oh and three. But that depends on tonight's scores as well. Like I was mentioning before, in the West, Houston is a perfect four and zero. Oh. The Angels of Anaheim are three and one. Seattle is two and one. Texas is one and three, and Oakland is starting off to a rocky start. At 0-4. In the senior circuit in the National League, Philadelphia is a perfect 3-0. Miami is 1-2. The Mets have not are playing their first game tonight. So we'll see how the Mets will do. The Nationals have not yet played their first games of the season. But Atlanta is 0-3 to start the season off. In the Central, the Cubs are 2-1. The, the uh, Reds are 2-1 as well. Milwaukee 1-2. Pittsburgh 1-2. And, and St. Louis is 1-2. In the West, the Dodgers are three and one. San Diego three and one. San Francisco is one and two. Arizona is one and three, and Colorado is one and three. So we're off and running 
in the Major League Baseball season. Looking forward to covering it for you right here on All Andy Ofer. By the way, continuing to talk a little baseball for you guys tonight. Uh, it was announced that the Detroit Tigers farm team, the the taxi squad, bear with me, of the Detroit Tigers will be playing games at Fifth Third Field for for the rest of the month of April. Now, every Thursday and Friday, including the final, the last weekend of them being in town, which is the 29th through May 1st, all game they will be playing games at Fifth Third Field. Tickets are $10. You have to purchase them online and follow the COVID-19 procedures and everything like that. But Thursday, this upcoming Thursday, 2:10 start time, the Detroit Tigers will play the Chicago Club Cubs farm teams, two both farm teams. It will be a simulated game, full play on game. It could be go between the minimum of five and a half innings all the way up to a full nine inning game. It will start at 2:10 at Fifth Third Field. Tickets for the game, ten dollars. Now they are capping the room at thirty percent capacity right now, which is what the state of Ohio is. Bearing if it gets changed by Governor DeWine. But here's the schedule, slated schedule. They will play the Cubs this upcoming, this this Thursday. And we'll have the post game, because we'll, I'm going to head down to the ballpark, and we'll have only in the for post game to that on Thursday. And then the 15th and the 16th, the Tigers will host the Cincinnati Farm Team, the Cincinnati Reds Farm Team, at Fifth Third Field, and then the following weekend, the 29th to the 1st of May, they will host the Pittsburgh Pirates farm team. Like I said, tickets are $10. Now, on dates when they are not playing a game, fans can go watch them work out and watch the simulation games. Those tickets are $5. Buy the tickets on MudHens.com. If you have any questions, visit the MudHens Twitter account as well as the Tigers Twitter account as well as visiting MudHens.com. Dot com for more information in the COVID-19 restrictions and regulations to get you into the ballpark to see baseball back in downtown Toledo. And by the way, we're getting ready. Oh, May 4th, opening day for the Mudhens. They'll open up with the Nashville Sound. It's going to be five games against Nashville, the 4th through the 9th. Looking forward to that. As you are listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here, on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now, let's go through the tornado that is the Florida road trip. And it's time for the Jackets Report. It's time to fire the cannon. And it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So it is time for the Jackets Report, and to be expected, my friends, to be expected of what is happening in the capital city that is Columbus, Ohio, and the Jackets yet again, yet again, kill themselves on the road trip, and it makes it official, folks. In my opinion, this season is done. It is over. It is done. 
put a nail, starting the, the fat lady is starting to tune up. I'm starting to see the E next to our name becoming so prominent. They have to run the table. And I just don't think they're going to do it, folks. And the road trip proved it again. The Jackets went on the Florida road trip. And Florida, Florida, in the words of Tim Russell, Florida, 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 gave us a beatdown. As the, as the Jackets went 1-3 on the road trip, getting one win. And that was against the Stanley Cup champions on Tuesday night, the night after the rant that I had. And after the rant I had on Tuesday, on Monday night, on Tuesday, I said to myself, you know what, maybe this will give them, maybe we'll get a spark. Maybe this team will have, have a little, you know, pick me up because the fans are getting restless. I'm getting restless. I know you are getting restless. This team is just not meeting the expectation. I was listening to um, NHL Network. I have a serious XM. So I listened to uh, Under Review and Gordon Selleck and Scott Lachlan, Under Review. I was listening to them today and they said any team that's named blue has under underestimated their their under appreciated this season and the jackets are one of them they have under expected everybody they're terrible this year that's what he said and i was sitting in the car listening to that and i said to myself you know he's absolutely right you know after the Great performance that we had in the bubble. Beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. But then losing to, to Tampa Bay, who end up being the Stanley Cup champion winners. You know, we are... You know, it was just... The season has just not been our season. It really hasn't. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing what this trade deadline is going to show us. Who, what Yarmo is, if Yarmo is going to be looking for veterans, if he's going to be selling off the veterans to get to younger, a younger team, is Torts going to stay at the end of the season? Where we don't know. We're going to find out. You're going to find out as much as I'm going to find out at the same time, too. And I'm just, I'm just frustrated at how bad we are playing as of late. You know, the Detroit series really got me really ticked off after the great performance against Carolina. Getting five out of eight points against Carolina. You know, a lot of us thought, you know, this is maybe this team is turning the right page. Then we go into Detroit, get swept by the Red Wings, and now we are in, we go to Tampa. And Tuesday night in Tampa, the Jackets respond. The Jackets get a big win, and it all started off in the first period, in the, with nobody scoring in the first period, but starting off the scoring in the second period with Oliver Bjorkstrand getting his 13th goal of the season from Zach Wierenski and Jack Roslevic. A wrist shot, beating the backup, Curtis McElhaney. And it was one nothing. the former Jacket goaltender, by the way, Curtis McElhaney, beating McElhaney, giving the Jackets a one nothing lead. And then on a delayed penalty, the Jackets break into the zone. Texier with the puck. He passes it to David Savard. And Savard gets the monkey off his back and scores his first of the season from Texier and Felino, And it's 2-0 Columbus. And I'm saying to myself, wow, Jackets have got a really good shot here. They're up 2-0. And 
after 40 minutes. Maybe, just maybe, we got something here. I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. Then Joseph scores for Tampa, his 10th of the season from Shen and uh, Bogeman. It's 2-1 Columbus. But there was Cam Atkinson from Nick Foligno into the empty net at the 18-29 mark of the third period, and that put the icing on the cake. And as Bobby Mack says it best, I got two words for you. Game over. The Jackets getting a big 3-1 win in Tampa as Elvis Merzlinkis stands on his head. It was a tip shot that beats Elvis. It went off Gavrikov's shoulder. If, if it didn't go off Gavrikov's shoulder, it would not have gone in. Merzlinkis would have had a shutout. But, you know... He does get the number one star. The number two star goes to Victor Hedman, the defenseman. The number three star goes to Zach Wawrinski. In the game, Tampa out shooting the Jackets 38-21. They led in the faceoff dot 54% to 46%. Tampa 0 for 1 on the power play. The Jackets for, did not have a power play at all. Jackets were out hitting the game 27-23. They out blocked their opponents 13-6 in the game. By the way, for the Jackets... It was Merzlinkis stopping 37-38, his save percentage of a .974. For McElhaney in the game, he stopped 18-20, of 20, the save percentage of a .90. So the Jackets getting a big win. Very excited. It got me thinking, oh man, maybe, just maybe we could sweep. Maybe we could sweep in Tampa. It wasn't the case of split. In Tampa, Tampa gets the better of the Jackets on Thursday night by a score of 3-2. to two. And uh, Vasilevsky stepping back into the pipes really showed a lot. Braden Point getting the first goal for the, for the Lightning, his 14th of the season from Steven Stamkos. And Victor Hedman on the power play was 1-0 Tampa. In the second, it was Zach Wierenski getting his fifth of the season uh, on a backhanded shot beating Vasilevsky. From Eric Robinson and Max Domi tying the game at one apiece at the 9.04 mark of the second period. We go into the third. Eric Robinson, this kid is money, folks. Beating Vasilevsky on a wrist shot at the 10.54 mark of the third period. His fifth of the season from Max Domi and Zach Wierenski. Domi his ninth assist. Wierenski his twelfth assist. 2-1 CBJ. And then Tampa turned it on. Colton is third from Maroon and Joseph tying the game at two at the 14-49 mark of the third period. And then Braden Point putting the dagger in, beating, beating Merzlinkas in the final 3-2 at Annalay Arena in Tampa Bay. The series, the series goes towards Tampa right now at the 15-54 mark of the third period on a wrist shot. From Palat and Johnson, his 15th of the season. Three stars of the game, Braden Point, Andres Vezileski, and Ross Colton, the the one, two, three stars. The Jackets did outshoot Tampa in the game 38-34. Tampa lost in the faceoff dot 51% to 49%. However, Tampa did win in the faceoff dot one for three on the power play. Uh, Tampa had four minutes of penalties. Columbus had eight minutes of penalties. They outhit the Jackets 27-23 again, and they outblocked the Jackets this time 12-11 in the game. Merce Lincoln 
stopping a total of of thirty one of thirty four, a save percentage of a point nine one two. Vasilevsky stopping thirty six of thirty eight, a point save percentage of a point nine four seven. So the Jackets fall in Tampa, split the series. They go to Sunrise and to face former goaltender Sergei Bobrovsky. And it was all Panthers Saturday and Sunday. And you could tell that this team was deflated after Saturday night's loss because they were not up for it on Sunday. And I'll tell you why here in a second. Well, let's get to Saturday first. The Jackets falling to the Panthers on Saturday night by a score of 5-2 to two at Sunrise, Florida with a former Blue Jacket just torching the Jackets. Weger, his third of the season, starting the scoring in the second period. Nobody scored in the first. Weger, his third from Barkoff and Verhage. It was one nothing Florida, and then the former Jacket, and a lot of us hated him back in the day, but he just torched us against, against the Jackets. Alexander Wember getting his ninth of the season from Vallerto and Hornquist on a snap, on a slap shot, beating Elvis Merzlinkitz. It was 2-0 Florida, and then four minutes later, Wenberg again, his 10th of the season for Weger and Forsythe. His 10th of the season makes it 3-0 Florida after 40 minutes of play, and we're sitting, I'm sitting at home on Saturday night watching this game on a rerun, saying, how is this happening? Alexander Wenberg is beating the Jackets? Wenberg is beating the Jackets. How is that possible? Yorkstrand does cut the deficit his 14th of the season on a wrist shot, beating Sergey Bobrovsky. 3-1 Florida at the 246 mark of the third period. On the assist was Matt Delzato and Alexander Texier. And then Verano, his 12th of the season at the 1054 mark of the third period, makes it 4-1 Florida. The assist was from Owen Tippett on a wrist shot beating Merce Lincolns. Jackets try to rally back. Zach Wierenski getting his sixth of the season from Riley Nash and Seth Jones 4-2 Florida. But then Alexander Wenberg puts away the empty net goal, getting him a hat trick against his former team. And the Jackets put up 44 shots on that on Sergei Bobrovsky. And they don't get the job done. They lose in Sunrise, Florida by a score of 5-2. Sergey Bobrovsky gets the number one star in the game. Wenberg, the number two star, and Mackenzie Weger, the number three star in the game. The Jackets, like I said, excuse me, had 46 shots on net. Bobrovsky stopping 44. Florida had 39 shots on net. The Jackets had a 47% faceoff percentage to 53% for the Florida Panthers. Both teams over on the power play. Jackets had eight minutes in penalties. Florida had two minutes in penalties. Jackets out hitting the Panthers in the game 31 to 19, out blocking them 17 to 14. They had six giveaways to Florida's 14. They had 15 takeaways to Florida's nine. In the game, the Jackets out shooting them 16, 15, and 15 in the three periods to 446. Florida had 12, 13, and 14 for 39 in the game. For the Jackets in the game, members Lincoln, like I said, was in the game. He started the game. Got pulled. His save percentage of a .880. He stopped 
22 of 25. Jonas Corposal comes in, stops 12 of 13. His save percentage of a point nine two three for the Jack for the Panthers. It was Sergei Bobrovsky, the former Jacket goaltender, stopping 44 of 46. Save percentage of a point nine five seven. So the Jackets fall in Sunrise, hoping to rebound on Easter, and they get shut out in Sunrise. Jackets were outshot, outscored in the series by a score of seven to two. Jenkins had 32 shots on that in the game, but it was Drager getting his shutout. He made 32 saves in the game. It all started with Alexander Barkov in the second period getting his first of the season at the 152 mark, one minute and 52 seconds into the second period. A snapshot beating Jonas Corposalo, Hornquist, and Weger the assist. Then you go into the third period, and it was still Florida as uh, Bonero, his 13th of the season, unassisted on a snap on a slap shot, and it was forcing his third of the season from Barkoff and Weger, three nothing Florida, and that was the final. As the Jackets fall in Sunrise and get swept by the Florida Panthers, three to nothing. Chris Drager, the number one star, the goaltender, stopping 32 shots on net. Barkoff, the number two star, and Nolan R.C., the number three star. The stats of the game look like this. The Panthers had 35 shots on net to Columbus's 32. They led in the faceoff dot 61 to 39. On the power play, the Jackets were over three. Florida over one. The Jackets out hitting the Panthers in the game 29 to 17. They out blocked the Jackets 18 to 15. They had nine giveaways to Florida 17, but Florida had 11 takeaways to the Jackets. Nine for the Jackets in the game. It was, like I said, Corpusala starting in net. He stopped 32 of 35, save percentage of a point 914. For the Panthers, Drager stopping all 32, getting the shutout performance. So the Jackets fall to the Panthers. Three to nothing. Go to one and three on the road trip. One and three on the road trip, getting two out of the possible eight points. I told you this last week, and I will tell you this again. It's over. Enjoy what we have. Enjoy what the rest of this team is, because we're not going to get another. We're not getting a playoffs this year. So take what we have now, folks, because this season is a wash. It's done. And especially what the continuation of this tornado will continue of the schedule. This is the, I will say this is the spiral drain of the rest of the season. Because after last night's loss, the Jackets will now return home to 200 West Nationwide Boulevard and take on the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Last time at Nationwide Arena this season. They'll play them tomorrow night, 7 p.m. puck drop. They will play Tampa again on Thursday at 7 o'clock on Thursday. And then they'll open up a two-game set, the final homestand of this series, against the Chicago Blackhawks. They'll start that series on Saturday, 7 o'clock puck drop at Nationwide Arena. And they'll play them again on Monday at 7 o'clock before they hit the road for another South 
Tornado Toilet Bowl Series as they will play Dallas for two on the 16th and excuse me the 15th and 17th as those are 8:30 and 8 p.m. puck drops before they head back to Florida the Battle of the Panthers on the 19th and 20th 7 o'clock puck drops for them and then they go back to NLA Arena and take on the Tampa Bay Lightning on the 22nd and then the 28th excuse me the 25th of April, and then they will finish up the month of April with a home game against the Detroit Red Wings before heading to Carolina. Before they go to Carolina on May the 1st, and then that gets us into the end of the season. So I will just say it best, folks. Enjoy these games while we last, because now the question is, who's getting moved? I get the hockey news, and what they're talking about lately is that David Savard's going to get on the move. I know a lot of people are saying that Savvy should go, and to me, I think it is time to cut ties with David. And David has been a very good player for the Jackets. And looking at his stats really, really quickly here. Rosters, here we go. David Savard for the Jackets this season has had you know a rough go of it. Uh, savvy, only having one goal so far this year for the Jackets. Uh, he has one goal, five of six, six points. He is a minus 19 this season. Career, he has played 596 games. He has 41 goals, 125 125 assists, 166 penalty minutes. He is a plus 24. Savvy. As of late, the last three games, he is a negative three on Sunday. He was a negative one on Saturday, and he was a negative one on on uh, Thursday night before he was a positive one with the one goal on Saturday on uh, on Tuesday night. So. Looking at his career, he's been a Jacket his entire career from 2011 to today. He was selected by the Jackets in, in the fourth round of the 2009 NHL Draft. I think Savvy's going to go. Um, there's talks about like a few other players going. I hear Benstrom being thrown out there, people looking for youth, but I don't think uh, Yarmo wants to get rid of young kids. He's looking at old guys. I think Nash could be a, a, a player that they can move. Um, I just don't want them to get rid of Nick Foligno. I think, and I'm going to get ridiculed by this, by, by you, the fans, but I think Nick Foligno should get an opportunity to stay with the Jackets and get a, at least a one- to two-year contract, in my opinion. The guy has stood on his head, has helped out this team. He is pushing his team to get them to rally him up, you know, and he's he's positives on the scoreboard. And looking at his season this year for Nick, Nick is a minus three this year, but he has six goals, nine assists, 15 points, and 40 games played this year. He has played 40 games. Career, he's a negative five, unfortunately. He has 202 goals, 279 assists, 481 points. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's positive 
Um, his last three games have been negatives. He was a negative in the Detroit series, but you know, in his career, he's been with the Jackets since 2012 all the way to today. He was with the Ottawa Senators before then. I think he deserves an opportunity to stay with the Jackets. And um, I just hope that Yarmo keeps him because he's a veteran that they need to keep. And um, it'd be key. It, it, it's key. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, like I mentioned before, we will have a special version of All ADL for the NHL trade deadline show. We'll recap the entire NHL trade deadline, see who's going where, who's going who. Uh, the trade deadline is upcoming, folks. It is upcoming, my friends. So get ready for that. Um, big news out of the NHL, of course, is what's happening in Vancouver. If you haven't heard yet, the Vancouver Canucks have 15 members of their team, including coaching staff and players that have been quarantined and have tested positive for COVID-19. It doesn't look good. It does not look good that the NHL will continue their season in Vancouver. Um, the question is whether or not they're going to be capable of doing getting into the postseason, and I don't think they will. They have to go through percentage points. And where they're at right now, they are 16, 18, and 3 with 35 points. I, I, I just don't think that Vancouver will have enough time to get in to get themselves back into it with us only having less than 30 days left in the regular season of the NHL. I think if I was the NHL, I would take it as a loss, take the cut for the loss and see what happens you know with this team and hopefully the the first thing foremost should be the health and safety of the families and the players before hockey is even considered over the situation. Plain and simple. Absolutely plain and simple. And for me, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with the Vancouver staff and families as they are, as they are, you know, looking. And um, I was picking up this piece by Tom Coretti as well. The NHL trade buzz. The Blue Jackets could be sellers after recent struggles. Jackets to be destined to become a seller after the deadline, after going 1-5-1 during the last six-game road trip that concluded with a 3-0 loss on Sunday. Five points behind Nashville Predators for the fourth playoff spot and final playoff spot. And the eight-team Discover Central Division with 16 games remaining. Columbus streaking, streak of qualifying for the postseason in four straight seasons is in jeopardy. Um... Jackets' potential unrestricted free agents include Nick Foligno and defenseman David Safar for pieces for the future. Trading Foligno, the Jackets' captain, would be significant and a difficult step because of his importance in the locker room in the Columbus community. The Athletic reports that if the Jackets decide to be sellers, Kekalainen will likely sit with Foligno to go through his options with him, including if he wants to be traded and in what teams to be interested. They're likely there will be a long list of of those looking for a grit and leadership, including the Islanders, who lost Andrews Lee, including the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins, Colorado Avalanche. But it looks like David Savard would be one of the one of the go-getters, as long as Riley Nash 
and Miguel Gregorenko, as well as Michael Delzado, could all interest as possible runners for contenders. But I just, I, I, I just don't want them to trade Felino. I, I think it's just a bad move if they move Felino. He is a tremendously good hockey player. The Jackets need leadership in that dressing room. And he is a vital piece, like I said, in the piece, a vital piece of the Columbus community. I just don't want them to move him. And the relationship that he has had with the community and with this organization, he has gone through the darkest days that this organization has faced it. I mean, he went through Scott Housen. He has gone through Ken Hitchcock. He has gone through Todd Richards. He has gone through John Tortorella right now. Anything... This guy needs to stay in Columbus and be that veteran presence that this team needs. And if he gets traded, it will just be a another Rick Nash situation that we had to get rid of him just to get rid of him because he wanted to go and win somewhere else. And it just would hurt me. And it would hurt me more because I believe in this guy. This guy has I invested in a lot in this guy. He's a really He's a really good hockey player, and I just hope that the Jackets can keep him, and they need to keep him. They really need to keep him, so I hope the Jackets do keep him. Um, other news and notes, it's now actually up to 17 players in Vancouver, which is very, very scary right now. Uh, new arenas for the Cracklin and Islanders are going to be going to a green initiative, so that's a good sign. Um but yeah, that is all good news, and that's the news and notes around the NHL scores to pass along to you guys. We have some finals as we're hitting the late hour tonight. It is uh, Winnipeg winner four to three over the Ottawa Senators. Colorado is winning over Minnesota four one. Coyotes and Kings are about ready to start in overtime. The Flyers getting a three two win over the Bruins. Edmonton falls to Montreal by a score of three to two. Montreal. Uh, Montreal getting a big win, and the Calgary Flames and the Leafs are getting ready to start here in just a few moments. Like I said, the Jackets will be back on the ice tomorrow night. Nationwide Arena, 7 o'clock puck drop against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It will be Dallas in Chicago to battle the Blackhawks. Buffalo is in New Jersey to battle the Devils. Washington is in New York to battle the Islanders. Pittsburgh is in New York to battle the Rangers. Boston is in Philadelphia. The Red Wings are at home against Nashville. Florida is against Carolina. And the nightcap, Anaheim and San Jose. Looking at the standings going into tomorrow tonight's play. In the Discover Central Division, it is Florida now on top of the division at 26-9-4 with 56 points. They have played 39 games. Tampa is played 38 games. They're 26-10-2 with 54 points. Carolina has played 37 games. They're 25, 9, and 3 with 53 points. Nashville, 39 games played. They're 20, 18, and 1 with 41 points. On the outside looking in are the Chicago Blackhawks. At 39, 39 games played, they're at an even 500. At 17, 17, and 5 with 39 points. Dallas has games on hand on the Jackets. They're 36 games played. They're 13, 13, and 10 with 36 points. They're at 500 as well. The Jackets have played 40 games this season. They are 14, 18, and 8 with 36 points. And in last place are the Detroit Red Wings at 40 games played. They're 13, 22, and 5 with 31 points. Detroit's coming up behind us. I don't like seeing that. I really don't like seeing that. 
But the Jackets are, you know, they're five points out of a playoff spot, but they've got tough roads, tough sledding ahead of them. Could it be the end of the... I, I just think it's the end of the season for the Jackets. I really do. I really do. Looking at the Scotiabank North Division, it's the Leafs at, in first place at 38 games played. They're 25-10-3 with 53 points. Winnipeg, 39 games played. They're 23-13-3 with 49 points. Edmonton, 39 games played, 23-14-2, 48 points. Montreal is 35 games played. They're 17-9-9 with 43 points. Vancouver, like I mentioned, on the outside looking in, and it looks like their season's going to be done because of the 17 players. They are 16-18-3 with 35 points. They have played 37 games this season. Uh, Calgary has played 39 games. They're 16-20-3 with 35 points. And the Ottawa Senators are 39 games played at 13-22-4 with 30 points overall. In the Mass Mutual Eastern Conference, Washington's in the front row right now at 38 games played at 25-9-4 with 54 points. The Islanders are 38 games played at 24-10-4 with 52 points. Pittsburgh is in the third spot at 38 games played at 24-12-2 with 50 points. The Boston Bruins are in fourth spot at 35 games played at 19-10-6 with 44 points. On the outside looking in the playoff spot, it's Pittsburgh, not Pittsburgh, but Philadelphia at 37 games played. They are 18-14-5 with 41 points. The Rangers are 37-17-5, 37 games played. They are 17-15-5 with 39 points. My apologies. Reading it a little too quickly there. <laughs> Uh, the Devils are 36 games played. They're 13-7-6 with 32 points. And the dumpster fire that is the Buffalo Sabres, they're 37 games played. They're 8-23-6 with 22 points. And finally, in the Western Conference, the West Division, it's the Honda West Division. Colorado leads the division at 37 games played. They're 25-8-4 with 54 points. Vegas, 36 games played. They're 24-10-2 with 50 points. Minnesota is... In third spot at 36 games played, they're 23-11-2 with 48 points. Arizona is in the fourth spot at 38 games played. They're 18-15-5 with 41 points. On the outside looking in are the St. Louis Blues. They are struggling as of late. They have lost. They have lost a lot of games. There are 37 games played. They're 16-15-6 with 38 points. San Jose right on their heels at 37 games played at 17-16-4 with 38 points. Anna, the Angel, uh, not Anna, but the LA Kings, my apologies, are 36 games played. They're 14-16-6 with 34 points. And the Anaheim Ducks, 39 games played, 11-21-7 with 29 points. By the way, i got to make mention of this too. Congratulations to Matt Melzak getting the call up. He made his broadcasting debut with the Grand Rapids Griffins this past Saturday. Even though the Griffins lost to the Cleveland Monsters, good broadcast. Got a chance to listen to a little bit of it. So congratulations, Matty Mel, making up there to the big leagues into Grand Rapids to see the future Red Wings and the future Jackets on the ice. You're listening to All I Can Be for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's hit the hard court. A terrific Final Four is leading us in the National Championship tonight. It's time to break down those brackets. It's time to cut down the nets. 
And it's time for March Madness, baby! As we have hit the final four, folks, as the final four teams in the National Championship Basketball season have made their way to the Lucas Oil Stadium in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana, as it has been one of the most memorable NCAA tournaments in a long time as it was the final four that took place this past Saturday night and it all tipped off with number one seeded Baylor taking on number two seeded Houston in a pivotal matchup that saw the state of Texas being decided in Indianapolis and Baylor just goes out and cruises to a 78-59 victory, beating the Houston Cougars and setting themselves up for a pivotal matchup on Monday night. Who would they face? Well, the Cinderella, that is the playing team that has beaten both Michigan's teams, the UCLA Bruins. The 11th seed took on the Perfectionists. Number one seeded and over, number one overall seeded the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And it was one of the games for the ages, folks. A lot of onions were spread in this game as it was a barn burner of a game. And in the end, Cinderella has come to an end for UCLA. And it was to the bank. As Jalen Suggs hits the half-court shot to bank it in in overtime to send number one overall seeded Gonzaga to the national championship game and to keep Gonzaga's perfect season alive with a three-point shot to beat the Bruins 93-90. to So that sets up tonight's national championship game number one seeded Gonzaga versus number one seeded Baylor 920 is the tip off for that one we are halfway through the game right now as it is 47 37 in favor of the Baylor Bears this is the first time that Gonzaga is been behind this season their long, largest deficit was 19 points earlier in the season. We'll see how this is going to shape up. Uh, looking at our championship standings right now. 37-47 uh, at the half right now. The final bracket challenge has been announced. And of course, it is yours truly winning the bracket challenge. At a record points of 840 points right now. Uh, Willis comes in second at 740 points right now. And Ziggy 1 finishes up at the bottom at 640 points. So congratulations all around 
to the NCAA tournament and a terrific men's tournament, which had a terrific Final Four in the women's side of the tournament as it was Stanford getting a big 54-53 win over third-ranked Arizona in San Antonio. So the Stamp so Stanford getting their win, a huge win. They beat South Carolina 66-65 and Yukon who I predicted to win it gets beat by third-ranked Arizona 69 to 59. So it has been a tremendous season here on the NCAA Men's and Women's Tournament right here on the Anchor Network. As we go from the NCAA tournament to now a tradition unlike any other in golf. The Masters returns as it is Masters Week on the All in the Alpha Network as the azaleas are blooming the grass is green. Feels like we were just here in Augusta National not a few months ago crowning a champion as it is Masters Week as it is the unofficial, the official start, in my opinion, of golf season in the Northwest Ohio area as well as across the country. Winter is finally broken. COVID is starting to ramp up but we are getting the vaccine which is definitely needed and it is time for the masters hello friends this is andy elford of course the host of all andy elford you're listening to the podcast all andy elford tonight right here on the anchor network uh dustin johnson by the way is the reigning pga valero open champion to win this is the last PGA event. Who do you think I'm going to pick? We're going to have to wait to Thursday to find out as I will look at the field for the Masters. And we'll have first-round coverage for you right here on All in the Alfred as we get you set for Masters Week right here on the All in the Alfred Network, powered by Anchor. You're listening to Only the for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. Uh, quick note to pass along too. Of course, this upcoming weekend is the big uh, professional wrestling event, which is WrestleMania. Big matches. We'll preview the WrestleMania for you guys as well on Thursday's episode of Only the Alfred. So we have the Masters, 
We have the Jackets recap. We have previewing of WrestleMania, a recap of the baseball schedule. And by the way, the Reds, a big winner tonight, 5-2. to two. And like I said, at halftime right now, 47-37 in favor of Baylor. And we will have that final score posted on our Facebook and Twitter accounts, as well as the version of one shining moment. I love one shining moment. It's one of my favorite moments of the NCAA tournament. And to see the highlights and to hear that song really means a lot, especially this type of year. So we will play that as we close tonight's All Andy Offer. We'll be back on the air, like I mentioned, Thursday. It will be a special post-game edition. We're going to be down at the ballpark for the Cubs-Tigers uh, matchup. 2-10 is the first pitch. We will be on the air post-game to that. Looking forward to discussing what the new the new situations are at happening at Fifth Third Field. We'll also discuss. Also, you'll also hear my opinions about what this Tiger Farm team looks like, as well as the Cubs Farm team looks like, and so much more. So I'm just looking forward to giving you guys all that and so much more right here on the All Andy Alford Network. No Andy rants tonight. We have gone a little too long with the program. We'll have something special for you guys on the next episode of our podcast. But until I talk to you guys on Thursday, this is Andy Alford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together, the game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, go Jackets, even though we stink. Go Reds. Go Tigers. And go Cl and go Tribe. And go Tiger Farm Team. And go Hens. And go Falcons. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat. Have a great week, everybody. I will talk to you guys on Thursday. For another edition of All Andy Alford. I leave you now with one shining moment right here on the Anchor Network. Follow Andy on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred and on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network. Powered by Anchor.